if you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want a wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. 
If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and today you're in for a treat. We have potentially the most important episode we've ever recorded is coming at you today. But we also must mention that next week and the week following, we have two very special episodes as well. Pace Case and I are going to be giving you advice. This can be advice on dating, jobs, parents, pets, anything you might want some advice from Pace Case and I about style. Sure. Um, you know, squirrel caretaking. Okay. Anything. Literally anything. Whether we have an explicit um, skill set in it or not. We do. And record a one minute or less audio file. Send it to ask, A-S-K, game of roses at gmail.com. This is not a Q&A. Not a Q&A. This is advice only. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. If you have something you would like to get advice on, please send your one minute or less audio file to askgameofroses at gmail.com. And now let's continue. Get the best out advice out there. Well, I think we can at least compete with some other advice podcasts. You know what I'm talking about. Uh... The Vile Files. Show wrote? Okay. Uh, but let's move on. Please send us your your questions. We would love to give this uh, life-changing advice. I think we're actually going to be good at it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm amazing at giving advice. I, <laughs> I don't know that I've ever given any, but I'm going to give it a shot. Especially if you need like dating app advice. Mm. I have a lot of in-the-field work I have put in. A lot of man hours. Yeah. Uh, on the streets, in these streets. You put in your 10,000 hours on the apps to become an expert. <laughs> and I put in my 10,000 hours and I have many stories and, uh, you know, little, little tids. All right. Well, we are looking forward to all of your questions. And Clues has... Your requests for advice. Also, a lot, a different, a different perspective. Yes. I've lived a life. And I'm happy to share my uh, what I've what I've learned from that life lived with anybody again who's seeking advice, not a Q and A. Advice. Now let's move on with today's episode. As I said, this is potentially the most important episode we've ever recorded today. We have concrete, very implementable ideas that would save The Bachelor. We know the show is in a precarious spot. The ratings are dwindling. Bachelor after Bachelor seems to be less and less important, less and less relevant, less and less interesting. We know the show is in dire straits. Bachelor Live on stage is canceled, ruining my spring. Live on stage is canceled. They go through racism scandals every season now. We know that there are other shows nipping at the heels of The Bachelor's superiority in this space, notably all the Netflix shows. So we are going to, again, today, 
lay out a list of things. These are concrete ideas. We have in the past talked about these kind of pie in the sky ideas, pay Tyler Cameron a million dollars, get a celebrity bachelor. Everybody has those ideas. We ain't talking about hashtag pay Tyler Cameron. That's also still still doable. And he basically has said he'll do it for a million dollars. So but there's bigger problems here. Tyler Cameron is a Band-Aid. That might get you one season with a little more interest, but there are fundamental things that are now wrong with this game, with how it's presented. Not the format, but with the show, I should say, not with the game. And so we are going to go through this list of what these changes should be. These are our ideas, and we are very happy producers. If you're listening to us, we are open to selling these ideas to you a la carte working out some kind of a consultant deal with you. We will even show run Bachelor Season 28 if you want to guarantee that these ideas are put into practice correctly. You can contact us through the Game of Roses Instagram account. Just DM if you're interested in working with us at all because ultimately we're interested in working with you. This is not a joke today. I mean, whatever, we may make each other laugh a little bit, but all these things we're saying are real We have fun. Things. Yeah, we have fun. Come on. But we're worried. We're fun people, <laughs> but we are worried. That is true. And everything we're going to talk about here, uh, these are real ideas that would absolutely save the show if implemented properly. All right. So let's begin. Let's jump in here. We're going to start first with the simple things. These are things that require almost zero effort, things that you already have the capability to do, and you're just not doing them for some reason. The first thing on this list is show the players' application videos online in the weeks leading up to the premiere. You have this footage. Every player who is cast in every season sends in an application video. Give us a chance to get to know these players by watching those videos before their season starts. This is like the NFL draft, so that when a player walks out of the limo, we've already watched 10 minutes of footage about their hometown, their family, all the different things that, that anybody puts in an application video. Why don't they do this? Because they only want us to get to know the few players that they have designed stories for. They don't want us rooting for people who don't go far. That's my guess. I mean, that is it for sure. And this is a, a bigger thing that I guess kind of ties into it. This is not on our list, but every season now is like scripted to death and they strangle the life out of it. We know that. It's a control issue. Yeah. It absolutely is a control issue. You can't have... I, I think you're right. You can't have people saying like, oh, we like that player. But I would then refer the producers back to one grocery store Joe. He was a night one guy on Becca Kufrin's season of Bachelorette, and he rose to the prominence that he now holds within the nation. A night one guy. They did not design a deep run for him, and yet he still became a, a hugely important person within the culture of the nation. That same thing could happen. You see he's going to be on another reality show? No, I didn't. Which one? I don't know what it was, but... Oh, God. Is he competing against other people? I can't wait. Yeah, I think so. Hold on. All right. Holding. Now I have to find it. But this is all to say that you can release these videos. Let us get attachment to people. And even if they are night one players, bring them back on Paradise if there's a big parasocial reaction to them. But you have to let us know more about these players because during the season, as you're presenting it currently, and we'll get to, to this in later in the list, you're cutting all of their personality out. So at least give us their application video. Let us see the thing in them that you saw that made you want to cast them. Because once they wind up in the game, we don't get to see any of that. The This is what 
the challenge tweeted the following people are currently in quarantine to start filming a new reality show called the boss. And in this mm. Joe Amabile is also in the show. I see Kristen Dowdy. Oh my God. And Tish Adams. Interesting. Interesting. I'm the boss. Hey everybody. I'm the best. All right, let's move on. Well, Oh, the other thing that is not on here, but I think kind of links to it is Thinking of it like the NFL draft, copy their format. Do the announcement of the players like they do the NFL draft. Like, have us leading up to it in the preseason. Have a website with all of the info easily available about about all the people so people can start making their brackets. Even have, if you really want to take this to the nth level, the first episode of every season is just about the rookies. It, it is the draft. Mm-hmm. It's the people getting the call on the phone. You made it. You're coming to The Bachelor. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. And then we see their uh, application video. Then we see their trip to the show. The thing that you shit away in the first like 10 minutes of every night one, and you only give us a couple of glimpses into any of this for any of the players, give us the full glimpse of all the players. That's one other way to do it. But you need to allow us to know who these people are before they come in the show, and obviously during the show, which is another problem that you currently have with the way you edit it. <laughs> so let's move on here to the second simple thing. This is a very simple thing that you could easily do. Get the players sponsored. You get clothing brands, hair product brands, makeup brands to sponsor every player who comes on the show so they don't have to incur the cost of buying all this shit themselves. You're already asking them to take potentially two months off work. They get no financial compensation for coming into the game as players. The least you can do is get brand deals to cover those expenses, which is very easy for them to do. They get all kinds of brand deals constantly. They got a whole fucking cruise ship. So easy. For Gabby, Wendy, and uh, Rachel Recchi's season. They do it on Love Island. They literally, Zara put a bunch of their dresses and accessories and stuff in the closets ready for the the players to try on and wear. And it just makes it seem much more like a dream dating experience. And like, oh, yes, I'm actually getting something out of this as opposed to like, it's just all torture and like a tiny chance I'll get something out of it. There's look, I've I've coached players now in the last couple of seasons, and I get the debriefs when they come out of the show as well, uh, and and talk to them about all the anxieties, everything leading into night one. None of your players are excited to come into this game. None of them. They are all terrified. Mm-hmm. That's the the preeminent emotion of any player now going into your game. If you did something like this, getting them sponsored, that starts to turn the tables a little bit because, oh shit, this is kind of fun now. You have to celebrate these players as they're coming into the game. You have to make them feel like what they're doing is going to be one of the most fun things in their life. If they don't feel like that, the performances you get, and then obviously the way you cut it too, we can feel it as an audience. Nobody's having fun on this show. The players aren't, the lead isn't, and the producers seemingly are not. Oh my God. This last Bachelor in Paradise season was just pure emotional torture. People just watching people cry. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that has to do with like producer techniques too. And and like, we're not even going to get into that. We're talking about it peripherally, but we want to keep our suggestions to these concrete things you can do. 
This is getting the players sponsored. But I agree with you. The producers, and we talk about this a lot on our our, uh, in-season shows too. You got to step back and understand that you're making a product that is supposed to be escapism for your audience. And when the players are not happy, it ain't that. It's, It's torture for us to watch if other people in the show are being tortured. So I think yes. uh, the brand sponsorship is at least a an olive branch. It's at least saying, look, we value what you are contributing to this game, to this show, because without the players, you ain't got a show. That goes for any sport. It's at least saying to them as they're coming in, we value you enough to take care of this so you don't have to spend $10,000 of your own money on a wardrobe that, by the way, if you get kicked off night one, you're never even going to fucking wear. But that's on you. Fuck you. There's just a a lack of consideration or respect for the players that I think would be alleviated if they would provide these sponsorships, which I don't even think would be hard for them to get. One other huge item that we think will help the players have a better experience and help the fourth audience as well. Let the players talk about social media. Part of all reality TV is that some people are coming on for TRR and half the fun for the audience is trying to figure out who's there for TRR, who's there for TWR. This is something that we see in all of the shows, even the ones that are more overt games like Love Island. They still talk about it and they discuss like, who do you think is a real game player and stuff? And that's that's a question they ask during some of their challenges and they have to discuss. Don't eliminate the 4TWR players so fast. A season without 4TWR players is boring. Don't position them to be the worst people on the planet. Like having the fourth audience immediately send them death threats because they're moralistically horrible people. It's also just a their inability to allow even a conversation about social media in the show without that person becoming moralistically judged as a terrible person. It is just part and parcel, in my opinion, with them wanting to stay in the past. The show was created before social media really started, certainly before Instagram, um, certainly before Facebook, even YouTube. And so I think there is this need to like cling to that well, this is what's worked for 20 years. Well, got news for you. The world's changing. It already has, and you're behind it now. You're a fucking dinosaur. The fact that you don't even acknowledge social media, except to say that it's this terrible, evil fucking thing, is just wrong. We all know, everybody watching television now knows, primarily, the reason anyone goes on on any reality show is to get a social media following so that you can turn it into an influencer career. That can no longer be seen as a bad thing. That is simply what this is. And to constantly deny that fact is to deny what your show is. It is a platform for influencers. You should be embracing this. You should, at the very least, allow your players to talk about it openly without vilifying them. And I just, I, I pulled up some numbers here. And by the way, this is true since the beginning of the game. Like yeah. people went on the show to be famous since season one. It's not like it's changed that much. It it just lends to like this feeling that it's antiquated, that the show is from a prior era. And I think a lot of things, I mean, we'll get to some other stuff in the second half of this list that are like the more complicated things. This allowing them to talk about social media is just a simple thing. It's like just a decision, a creative decision from on high that is like... Stop editing it out. <laughs> exactly. Stop editing it out and stop using it in villain edits. But 
the fact that these players can't talk about social media, how many like 15-year-olds watching The Bachelor do you think never talk about social media or think social media is bad? Zero. They are living on social media. If your players are not reflect, reflecting the reality of your audience, then you can't connect with them. What am I even watching at that point? So I just wanted to roll through some numbers. Uh, for those who may be on our Patreon, I'm doing right now, and Lizzie has, has done a few episodes as well with me, watching All the Love is Blind season four episodes and commenting on them. And in doing that, I'm also kind of like clocking their Instagram numbers, the top couples and stuff. And I thought it would be kind of interesting to just go through where we are with those numbers. As you know, from this past season, we had Katie Bigger, Gabby Elnicki, Ariel Frankel, all cracked 100K, as did Christina Mandrell. And Katie Bigger, the ring winner, and Gabby Elnicki, the second place finisher, are in the 200K range. And then you had some other players like Victoria Jameson started over 100K when she came in. Everybody else, you've got Charity Lawson, your next bachelorette, is now scratching at 100K. She'll hit it soon, I think, but she's at 99. And then everybody else under that is under 50K. Even Zach Shawcross is only sitting at a little over 200,000. That is the lead of your season. So this is where The Bachelor is in terms of social media. Now, if you look at Love is Blind, you've got Marshall Glaze at 165K. This season is not even over yet. Those numbers that I mentioned from Bachelor are a week out from the season ending, or two weeks out now. Mm -hmm. uh, Almost done and dusted. Exactly. Those numbers are going to start retracting. Um, except for charities. Hers will continue to rise, but everyone else's are going to start going down now unless they appear on Paradise. So here you've got still the finale of Love is Blind is still to air, as well as the reunion show still to air. Marshall Glaze is already at 165K. He's the leader so far of the, the people that are still in the show. Just by comparison, his cousin, second place finisher of Bachelorette Season 17, Justin Glaze, has 140K. Oh my God. He's destroying somebody who was a finalist and who has done uh, Paradise. Destroying him. And some of the best face play we've ever seen. You've also got uh, Brett Brown. Well, Marshall Glaze has some good fucking face play too, by the way. But you've also got Brett Brown and Tiffany Pennywell over 100K already. There are a couple, 144K and 129. You've got Chelsea Griffin at 100K. And you've got uh, a bunch of other players kind of approaching it. Zach Goitowski and Bliss Poritzidi. She's at 92.8. He's at 73.6. You've got Michael Lucier at 80.2. Her guy, Paul Peden, 64.8. You've got uh, Chelsea Griffin's guy, Kwame Apia at 55.1. All these players are likely going to hit 100K. And some of those who have low numbers, by the way, have the low numbers. Like Jackie Bonds, for example, has 59.9K. She's a fucking villain. She's a villain with 60,000. Like a hardcore moralistic villain. They're cutting her to look like a Don't. real asshole. No spoilers. <laughs> I may have some spoilers. I'll, I'll earmuff you. Earmuff me when you're going to spoil it. Okay, are you... Is this now? You're doing it? Yeah, I might as well. I want to talk about something that is that is going on in the Love is Blind parasocial world as well, just to illustrate how that show treats it. Because make no mistake, our beloved game is now competing with these Netflix shows for eyeballs, for sure. Um, and you want The Bachelor to be my favorite reality show. You want the audience to feel that way. That's slipping. It's moving to Love is Blind now. It's moving to Perfect Match, these Netflix dating shows. So... I'm going to talk now about something that I also talked about on Patreon a little bit, just to illustrate again how the Love is Blind uh, producers treat social media versus how The Bachelor producers treat it. 
Lizzie, put on your earmuffs if you if you don't want to be spoiled. Are you ready? Oh, I think she muted me. Okay. <laughs> so Zach Goitowski uh, had a scene in the season of Love is Blind where he sings a song to, I believe it was to Irina. Not that any of this matters. He sings the song and the way they've cut it, they cut it so that he says, I wrote this song for you. And then he sings it. Then all the social media has come out to prove that he actually just stole this from a band called Ludo. He did not write this song. So he then makes a TikTok this week in which the producers have given him footage that essentially exonerate his own villain edit. In the uncut footage, he said, I wrote this song for you, but I didn't actually write it. I just changed up some words to make it reference you. The producers gave him that footage Again, to contradict his own villain edit. They are supporting their player. Okay, Lizzie, I'm done. You can come back. So that's just one way. On earmuffed. That's just one example of how the Love is Blind uh, producers are treating social media um, versus how The Bachelor does it. So that kind of wraps up our simple things. The simple things they can do again are show the application videos, let us learn who these players are a little bit before the season starts, get us invested as an audience, Get these players sponsored so they don't have to fucking worry about what their finances are going to be like. And it's a little bit of a celebration. Makeup, clothes. You want that thing of like in the NFL draft, like one of the the crucial moments of it is they call the, if they're there in person anyway. So like the, the top round draft picks, they're all at an actual function that is televised in New York. Usually I think maybe this year it's in Miami. I'm not sure. But they call the player's name. They have to then go up on a fucking stage and stand at a podium next to the representative for whatever team has drafted them. And they fucking drape a jersey over their chest with their name on it. And they put a hat on with the team logo. And it's this celebration. I want us to do that exact same thing. I agree. It's like, welcome to the league. You fucking made it. Now it's a it's almost a traumatizing event when you get a call from a producer of The Bachelor. That has to change. And then thirdly, let them talk about social media. Incorporate this. This is the world we live in. To pretend that it doesn't exist or that it's a bad thing, it just shows your age. It shows how fucking detached from reality you are at this point. It shows the age even more than some of the posters advertising the show. And also, if you let the players talk about social media and you have people follow the players, guess what? Your audience will be more engaged in the show because they're engaged with them on social media. Yeah, you don't want people just watching the show on Monday night and then being like, well, I can't wait till next Monday. You want them to be engaged with everything going on in this as a fandom every fucking day. It's like football. It's like baseball. You know, even during the off season, there's constant news about it. There are shows. There's a show right now still on ESPN called NFL Live. Fucking NFL season's over. The Super Bowl was in February. What are they talking about? They're talking about the draft, the incoming rookies, the trades that are being made, what coaches are doing. Yeah. There's always news. You just have to service it. Like us. <laughs> we're in the offseason, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're basically doing... Yeah, we're doing the, the job of the producers in that regard, I guess. But let's move on to um, these next things. Now, these are more complicated but and bigger things, bigger changes. But I think they are more important. They are more necessary. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself indeed. The first one is a direct theft from Love is Blind. We know you steal shit from other reality shows. We saw you do Casa de, de, del Amor on uh, the last season. Casa Amor. Sorry, Casa Amor on the last season of uh, Paradise. So this one, 
We want you to steal from Love is Blind and make all the players of every season from the same city. You make each season about a city. It helps give an identity to that city. So it basically worked like this. And it also eliminates the who's going to move where scenario. So if you really want a lasting relationship to come out of this, this will help you get that. But almost more importantly, what you get is this idea that all these players are from the same place. The lead is from the same place. So you fly everybody out to LA for night one. They come out of the limo. You've got your couple dates in LA over the course of the week. Uh, and then when you go into week two or three, whenever you're going to start doing domestic travel, you send them all back to that city. And the first city is, of course, the source, Dallas. This allows you to have one-on-one -on -one dates that can be Mikasa's. This is when the player takes the, the lead to their house and they cook a little dinner and hang out in the backyard or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, you do the same thing with the lead. They get to do a Mikasa at their house. You get to potentially their families there. You could even have, imagine this, a group date barbecue in Goldini's backyard. So it allows you to get the, the uh, <gasps> alumni. Yes, visit the players from that city. Exactly. You get councils of crowns that are germane to the city. But you also then get, just as they do in domestic travel rounds now, you get that city to sponsor shit. Yes, exactly. You have the city pay for everything. And by the way, we know you love money. It's going to be cheaper to do four hometown dates if all four people are from the same place. Exactly. And it just, I don't know. There, as I'm watching these Love is, is Blind seasons, it's like, it really gives an identity to every season that it that all takes place. And like this one is um, Seattle. It's great. The next one's going to be DC. The last one was Dallas. You get a real feel, especially when they start meeting their friends who are all also from these cities. You really get a feel of like, oh shit, this is what this city's like. Or like last season in Love is Blind, they had the the Dallas one. They The guys went to a rodeo fucking like calf roping competition for their bachelor party. Oh yeah, their bachelor party. <laughs> Just little little things like that. What do they do in Portland? They, they go bicycling or Seattle? They just went to a bar, a burlesque bar. Sexy. Um, at any rate, again, this is a little bit of a bigger thing. It definitely means that your casting practices are going to have to drastically change, but it's beneficial. It helps so much in the believability that like, oh, two people could come out of this process and wind up together. Because we already know yeah. the, the strong likelihood if somebody lives in like Florida and the other person lives in anywhere else, basically. <laughs> that ain't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, this makes me think that you can even expand the kind of draft seasonal nature. Remember Colton Underwood's premiere? Oh, yeah. Season 23. You could do that in each city. You do a live premiere event and then that all the people in that city get so excited oh bachelor's finally in wherever and you can also do the live casting calls they used to do that for bachelor uh back in the day i don't know if they've instituted them again but like you just have people come out in that city and that's fucking cool then you put that in part of the first episode where you're showing all the uh application tapes and uh, by the way, I don't know if this if this really fits with this one or the next one, but Love is Blind is way more diverse in every single way, and the people feel more real. Yeah. 
in some ways because of that. And guess what? It's making an extraordinary show. Absolutely. <laughs> this season is, I am obsessed with it. This is why I went to earmuffs when Clues was going on about something I haven't watched. Clues, mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing nothing great for free spirit types well for all the free spirits out there right now you can shop the skims t-shirt shop at skims.com now available in sizes xxs through 4x if you haven't yet be sure to let them know we sent you after you place your order select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows again that's skims clues it is springtime it is the off season it is gore girl summer the weather's getting warmer thank dark lord palmer and it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. (gasps) I'm a source boy, Quince boy. You got no idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. (laughs) Just call me Quinced. King Quinces, they call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince King yourself or Quince Queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues. Uh, We all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills, you know, the... The whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online 
It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that their casting is definitely more diverse in in every way, but so too is their um, their ability to... <laughs> put certain conversations on the air. And I don't know if Bachelor could ever do that on network, on ABC, like have an open conversation about abortion. I doubt they would ever do that like Netflix can. But maybe when it moves to streaming, something like that would be possible. But I think that's another piece of... Not necessarily the players from the same city. I think it does go more into the next one. But certainly they need to get to a point where players can actually have conversations about anything meaningful. This past season 27... Zero. Nothing anyone said was meaningful in terms of like showing you what their relationship was with the lead or even who they were as people. Agree. And this brings us to you might have gotten a little little preview of what this next item is. Number five. The Bachelor needs a new look, new camera operators, new directors, new mansion. Dare we say it? Get rid of the mansion. We need a new one. It's got to look more like Love is Blind. It's got to look more like Love Island. Have this contemporary look. The show looks like it's 20 years old. So you're having, you have no chance of enticing this new younger audience. The mansion looks like it's like a grandparent's house. When, if you're coming up in these generations where like Love is Blind has existed ever since you've been aware of reality dating shows, you're going to watch Netflix, Love is Blind, Perfect Match, etc. Why would you pick Bachelor? It looks like, you know. There's also, just in terms of the mansion specifically, there's also now a giant body of evidence in podcasts, books, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, interviews, that points to the fact that it ain't a fun place for 30 people to stay or whatever, 20 people after night one. Yeah. They're sleeping in bunk beds. We know that that is also a torturous thing for these players. That doesn't fly anymore. When you've got things like Perfect Match where it's like, oh, Jesus, they're staying in a luxury fucking mansion. They each get their, each couple gets their own bedrooms. Those players are happy to be there. They don't want to leave. They say, I hope this never ends. Exactly. And Bachelor players are the exact opposite. They're like, fuck, I can't wait to get to the travel round or I can't wait for a few more people to get kicked out of here. So I have a fucking, you know, one foot by one foot square space to even breathe in because we're on top of each other. Please let me go to a coffee shop. Please right. let me go to a coffee and shop. And I, I think like having a new look, I mean, you've got your crew and they've been there for however long they've been there. I understand that. Maybe they're capable of changing. I would tend to think they're not because they've literally been shooting the same show in the same way for 23 years. You have to change this now. You need different fucking cameras, even down to the technology you're using. Like, it's got to look better now. Everything else does. I think The Bachelor is the worst-looking reality dating show made currently because it's just so fucking behind the times. Seriously. That can't be true, but I understand what you're saying. Farmer wants a wife fucking looks better than it looks. Like, it looks bad. It just looks bad. They have to fucking up that. And I, I know, again, I know there's a lot of like entrenched people in that system and there's a lot of executives at the very top who are like, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
It is broke. You got to fix it now. Yeah, we're telling you it's broke. Fix it. I watched a show on Discovery, I think, a dating show where people could only communicate via animal noises. And I think it looked better than The Bachelor. What the fuck? <laughs> what animal noises? Like elephants and shit? Like anything, like grunts and creatures of the week. But then you could win going to the like place where you could talk with a partner for like a few minutes. You know, you see every once in a while in a Bachelor an attempt at some kind of like elevated visual presentation. Every once in a while, they got a nice shot. I will say, every once in a while, they'll, they'll cut in a ponder shot that's just like a fucking sweet profile of the lead or a player looking out over a blue ocean or something, and it is beautiful. Every once in a while, they can do that. But it's just like, it's the best version of the same shot they've had for 20 fucking years. And once in a while, one cracks through, and you're like, oh shit, that's actually a pretty good ponder shot. You need to get different angles. Mm -hmm. You notice those shots, though. Exactly. Because <laughs> they're so strange compared to the rest of the document. Yes. It feels like everybody is on autopilot at this point. And that is from the producers down because the producers are telling the camera operators or the director at the very least is telling the camera operators where to stand. And again, I think these people have been doing this for 20 years. They're all just fucking on autopilot. They're doing the same shit. Like, let's take the Huji, for example, uh, just how it's presented. <laughs> this past season, it was presented like shit. Of course. In every category. But imagine a Huju shot like uh, the Olympics. Or even imagine a Huju shot like a fucking movie. <laughs> imagine a Huju shot like the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. Or, or even like a movie where you've got some real dynamic fucking shots of players running at the camera. And, you know, they just... I would love it. It feels like... I mean, the Huju specifically feels like they don't give a shit about covering it and it's kind of a joke to them. Fine. But so many other shots are just like old and shitty feeling. Even like how they did uh, the drone work in the past couple of seasons. It feels amateur. On the cruise ship. On the cruise ship, but even on Zach Shawcross's season. Their drone work feels amateur. When you see like the drone work in Love is Blind, you're like, oh, fuck. That's a like professional drone operator. Whoever the fuck is doing this. Now, I don't know who they've hired, and I mean no disrespect to whoever's doing the drone work on Bachelor, but my guess would be it's not a dedicated drone pilot, that it's just a camera operator who has some experience with drones. And you see what they do on Love is Blind, and it's like, fuck, now that's a drone operator. You know what they can also add into that is they do these sexy shots in Love Island. I don't know if they do it in Love is Blind, but it's like if there's a party atmosphere... Actually, I think they do do it at the parties in Love is Blind. They'll show the people dancing and do like slow mo motion, like sexy shots of the people dancing and partying. Yeah. And it seems like they're having a great time and we're all in this crazy music video together. Yes. It's like stylize it a little bit. Love is Blind does that too. Perfect Match obviously did that as well. I think The Bachelor at this point, like in 2001, it did have some style the way they would present it because they had to figure it all out. They were the ones creating the format of how to shoot one of these types of shows. So eventually over the course of like seasons four, five, and six, really, you start to see certain shots come into place that would be like there from that moment forward, like the shot of the uh, four finalists going into fantasy suites or three finalists after fantasy suites in the profile. You get that shot. Now that's one that they use every season. Or you get the shot of all of them on risers waiting for the guy to come in. That's a shot they use every season. Um, you got to change it up. You just got to change it up. And I think moving to a new mansion 
helps change it up because it forces the production crew to figure out how to shoot a new location now, somewhere they've never been before. Instead of showing up on night one and just fucking putting the camera on a tripod in the same fucking spot right in front of that fountain, looking at Jesse Palmer's fucking head. It's like, I get it. I've seen that shot now. What? 60 something times. (laughs) There's just like carved out parts of the driveway where the cameras have stood for 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You get, get a new crew, get a new director if possible. If you don't want to do that, just get a new mansion and have that, tell that crew and that director fucking go wild force everyone on that crew to watch the most recent season of Love is Blind and just be like, do this. Make it look just like this. You have to, or it looks old as shit. This happens in sports sometimes where you'll see like one sport uh, does something technically to alter how they're shooting it. They, like I remember when the NFL brought in these little cameras that they used to have on wires that would like be suspended above the field. Now they're just drones. But they, it would like fly over the players and you're like, fuck, that's fucking cool. And then you'd see like Major League Baseball would have to do something to kind of keep up with it or so would the NBA or hockey or whatever. Hockey really mm. hasn't changed that much at all. But um, yeah, you still can't see the puck in hockey. Oh, they put that little glow on it now. So you can. Well, I can't. 10 years ago. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program... It has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine, tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's fiber skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. 
Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want a wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Or something. At any rate, uh, the new look is definitely something they have to do. Now, these next couple of things are potentially the biggest changes that I think should be made to the show. Um, And I think it would save it immediately. And these are, by the way, they're like formatting changes. These are independent of everything else we've already said. If you don't want to do any of that shit, fine. Do these things. This change that I'm about to suggest is basically based on the understanding that The Bachelor is not about The Bachelor. It's about the players. It's about the women. This show needs to pivot the way it's telling these stories to essentially eliminate The Bachelor. The entire show, in my opinion, should now be about the women. The cameras are always in the house with them. It is with them when they're getting ready, when they're doing their hair. It's with them when they're having their conversations in the house. The only time we see The Bachelor is when he's on dates with them. We never see him by himself. We don't give a fuck what he's thinking, what his decisions are. We care about the experience of the players going through this. The audience of The Bachelor is, I would guess, 99.9% women. That is who the show should be about. That's who we should be following Every time I want to see those behind the scenes things. I want to see them talking to producers. What is it like to live in the house? What is it like to do all this shit that you have to do as a player? I want to see that now the producers eliminate it all. They don't want us to see any of that because it would let us know who these players are too much. It, it takes away some of their control, but that's a better version of this show. We have seen the format presented for the past 20 years. You have to now show us something new. Anybody who's a Bachelor fan would fucking love that version of the show that's just about the players. Yeah. 
documentary style. You, I mean, we don't even see where they sleep anymore in the mansion. I don't know if they've put it on camera before, but maybe in the earlier seasons. But it's like you see these things sometimes in the tag where there'll be like two or three players sitting around doing a funny dance in the house, mansion free play antics, having a conversation about farting or whatever. Like, let me see that. That's a better show than having to fucking try to believe that Zach Shawcross gives a shit about any of these players after he's very clearly chosen Katie Bigger on like night three, you know? <laughs> and now you're just setting all these players up to like get knocked off one by one at the producer's discretion for seemingly arbitrary reasons. Show me, like that really is the game now um, that I want to see is how are these players interacting with each other and how are they interacting with the producers? Because their interactions with the lead don't really matter all that much. Um, I just want to see more of that, I guess. And I, I know that that's a huge shift. Like if they did that one season and they didn't like prepare the audience, I think people would be fucking jaw dropped. They'd be like, wait, what? But that is what the show is. I want it to open with all of the players in their hotel, all ready for night one, coming down and meeting each other in the lobby and getting into limos. Then I want to be riding in the limos with them. And then the first shot of The Bachelor I ever want to see is from inside the first limo as the door opens and the first player steps out. I want that camera over her shoulder to see her POV of The Bachelor standing at the mansion. That's the first time we should see him. That is what this new format is like. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, we meet him with the women. Yes. Because guess what? We are the women. Put us in the frame of reference that we're probably in. And obviously this isn't everyone. I don't know what. Maybe it's 92% women. Is that the most generous? Like, what do you think of the largest percentage of men possible watching The Bachelors? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the actual numbers are, but it's overwhelmingly a, a female audience. Yeah. And I think, like, they try to do service to that audience with, like, Zach Shawcross in the shower, scrubbing his abs and shit. It's like, no one gives a fuck about this. I don't. Yeah. You, if you want to see hot people in reality dating shows, you're going to Netflix. You are not going to ABC where they have to black box just like jeans if they're too tight. You know what I mean? It's like, go watch Perfect Match. There's like naked people jumping in swimming pools. There's literally group sex scenes. Yeah. It, you can't compete with that shit, so don't even try. And the fact that now they try to compete with that shit and they do it in a jokey way. Do you even think they were trying to compete? Like... I feel like they were doing it as a fool edit on Zach Shawcross. They weren't trying to make him look sexy. Exactly. In the old days, that was a real way to make people look sexy because there weren't streaming services. You weren't competing with anybody else. Now, it is it is a fucking joke. And even they know it. So why have it in there? If you want us to believe that these are serious people and you want us to be invested in their story, don't fucking make them idiots. This is more thematic shit, though. We've talked about this till we're blue in the face on, on prior episodes. <laughs> I want to stick to our concrete things. And, and to me, again, this is a very concrete thing. It's about repositioning how you edit the show and how you shoot it, how you're telling that story. And it's staying with the women. You make the show about them. The Bachelor is just some dude. And yeah, maybe he's good on paper or God is he's got money or a good family, whatever. No, I think he, I think you want to hype him up just as much that he's, it's like win a date with Tad Hamilton. It's like, finally you get the chance to mm -hmm. date this amazing selected person and you're going to compete for that. Not 
this idiot who we're going to show showering like he's such a weirdo, like he's the one wanting us to do this, it, which is how it currently is. But it's it's also like the way it's positioned now, it's all about his choices. The story of it, you know, is like, who's he going to pick and what's his decision? And no, 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 no. Fuck all that. I want to know what the women's decisions are and how his decisions affect them. I don't want to see him pondering about his decisions and shit. Like The Bachelor to me, I don't know when this started happening because it wasn't like this. The Bachelor is no longer the main character of The Bachelor and hasn't been for a while. Used to be, for sure used to be. Maybe it was Goldini was the last season of that. I don't know. Yeah, I think maybe that was it. In season 18, maybe the power was shifted when Andy Dorfman mm. denounced Juan Pablo the very next day. And you're like, oh, this is her show now. And then indeed, she became The Bachelorette. And they've kind of had that same model ever since where they make full edits out of The Bachelor and, and whatever, with the exception, of course, of the great one, season 21. Nonetheless, that is one concrete change that I believe would... <laughs> Help. I mean, would you watch that show? Would you like to see that show over what we have now? Anything. Any other way the document <laughs> could be presented than how it is being presented right now. Except for a couple things. Like, keep the rose ceremony at the end of every episode. Love that. Don't change that. Yes. Keep limo exits. But yeah, I think all of these would make it a better show. And uh, I hope, I hope they hear our call. We love the show. I do too. The reason that we submit these uh, ideas for your consideration is not just financial. Although we will, as I said, sell them to you all a cart. We, yeah, we would love money for the ideas. Yeah, or work out a, a, a consultant gig, or we will show run the show if you want. But I have a feeling the current showrunners will consulting producer sounds right. Yeah, um, but aside from these reasons, the real reason we want to do this is because we do love this game and we want to see it restored. These ideas would do just that. So, shall we move on to the next idea? Yes. If The Bachelor is about the women, then The Bachelorette is about the woman. You stay with The Bachelorette during the season of The Bachelorette. <laughs> we don't really give a shit about the guys. I want to see what is it like to get professional hair and makeup before every date. What is it like for yeah. her to have to go on a fucking date? Constant pampering. Constant pampering. And then... Scones on 24-7. <laughs> <laughs> scones. <laughs> That's the true idea here. You extend I the see scones. A table zone. devoid of scones. <laughs> Make the scones zone have, you know, an array of other snacks, maybe popcorn, maybe um marijuana. I don't think on ABC they're ever going to show anyone smoking weed. You could do that on Netflix. But the idea here is that we don't really get to see what is the experience of being the bachelorette except Chipotle just a table of burritos. Um, the thing that we've gotten to see most frequently in The Bachelorette, at least in recent seasons, is that it is an experience that grinds you into dust and produces nervous breakdowns and makes you want to escape the experience. We get maybe 30 seconds of a montage in episode one of taking pictures for the promos and putting on a nice dress, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Everything else is trauma and torture. Don't show us that anymore. Show us how fun it is to be in this position. Show us the celebrity kind of thing of it. Because, it again, this is wish fulfillment. Like, we should see her getting, picking out each of her outfits. Like, getting the jewelry, picking out the makeup looks and the nails. Give us some nail stuff. Yes. And give us the POV. Like, when she is, for example, 
when they they send in the lead into like uh, the next morning after night one to come or or maybe it's in the successive weeks to come pick up somebody for a one-on-one date and the whole group is there don't show me the group of guys and then the door opens and she walks in put the fucking camera behind her let me walk behind her up to the mansion to see the door open and she give me her pov i want to see what it's like to be the bachelorette that's the show reveal what it's like to walk into a party and there's like eight studs who can't wait to talk to you we're going to jump in, be your first responder because they've seen Claire Crawley's season. They're not going to fuck that up again. Exactly. And again, this requires some reorganization of how you shoot the show, potentially who you're using to shoot the show. It's a different look. Like I'm talking about different camera angles. I'm talking about different presentations. Certainly you're editing the show drastically differently. But in Bachelorette, just as in Bachelor, you're primarily making about making the show about the woman. That's what this show is. And I, I know like in it, the early days with Emperor Fleiss, probably that isn't what it was in his mind. It was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. One dude's going to date 30 women. Yeah. yeah. That ain't what the show is anymore. He probably didn't even want there to be a bachelorette. He's like, this is going to fucking ruin yeah. the bachelor. Yeah. He's like, let's call it bros. It's just going to be yeah. 30 bros getting drunk and fucking playing video games. <laughs> um, but now what the show is and what the audience it's found is, is wish fulfillment primarily about these kind of princess fantasies. Show me that. Fucking blow that out of the water. Make it crazy. Show her talking to casting producers, being like, this is my type. Here are the people I've dated. You know, here's like yes. what I'm going for. These are the types of dates I might want. Here's the types of dates I want to avoid. Exactly. Show us that shit. And I know they try to keep it like concealed from view the conversations between the lead and the producers show it to us. That's fucking fascinating. There's no more mystery about how this show is made. She should have a personal chef. She should have a personal trainer. She should be allowed to bring her dog, etc. Yeah. Rachel Lindsay was remember copper. Um, there should be no attempt to hide it anymore because we all know now there've been so many podcasts and books and interviews done about all of this. We know how the sausage is made. Show it to us. We want to see that. That's fascinating shit. This would be a... It would immediately, I think, rejuvenate the ratings of this show. I think you would double your ratings that season. Minimum. And I know that you're still on this show concerned about ratings. No one else is, but you're still beholden to ABC. You're still on network television. So get the fucking ratings. Get the numbers up. And by the way, you're going to go to streaming eventually use these things experimentally to start to see what the show might be in streaming because it can't be the same. In streaming, the show will get demolished. When you're literally competing with another streaming service, you're fucking over as far as I'm concerned because it's a dinosaur. Well, Clues recently asked me, he said, you're really talking about golf a lot lately. And I was like, what? You are, actually. It's very weird. <laughs> he said it was weird. And I was like, it's because I watched the golf documentary on Netflix. And for that reason documentary style can make even golf extraordinary because you get emotionally invested in their story. And so then when they go home, you really give a shit as opposed to any of these other people where you're like, I don't know. Who was that? Yeah. I cried in the golf documentary. We all know the love stories are fake. Full swing, maybe. 
Yeah. I don't know what it's called. We know that the producers write them all and that they use editing tricks to make people say things they never said or, or make things occur out of order. We know all of that happens. That cat is out of the bag. No one believes the show is real anymore. So show us the real shit. What is real in this show? The experience of being the lead. I want to see what that is. All you got to do is cut it. All you got to do is shoot it. And you got to fucking hit show again. Now, this brings us to... Show us who the per- who that lady is. Show us how to get on her side. Show us why we should care and invest in it. But also, not just who that lady is and get on her side. Show us this lady's journey not to find love. Show us this lady's journey through this process of being the bachelorette. That is what's fascinating. We know... Statistically speaking, none of these relationships are going to work out. We know that. We don't give a fuck about that. We're watching their experience through the show. And we're trying to glean that for ourselves. Just show it to us. It would be fucking fascinating. All right, let's move on. We got one more. And this is a biggie, a real big one. This is a format change. Big boy coming up. We've seen through the history of this show, all kinds of different shit happens in the finale. <laughs> Sometimes Brad Womack style, you don't choose anybody. Sometimes Mesny and Lion Dyke style, you choose somebody, you get engaged to them, and then a month later, you're like, ah, I want my second place, my second choice for wife, and you get married to them and live happily ever after, strangely. Sometimes Dark Lord Palmer style, you give her, a, give them just a plane ticket to <laughs> visit a nice location yeah. at the end. Sometimes Matt James style, the person that you've selected as a ring winner turns out to get embroiled in a giant racism controversy and then you somehow work that out off camera and are still together despite it. There's a lot of different things that can happen. A lot of styles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so why not add a little bit of insurance in that final moment? The final moment now is not just a proposal. It is a proposal. You make that mandatory, just like in Love is Blind. If you want to continue in that game, at the end of the pod segment, you must propose, and that proposal must be accepted if that couple wants to move forward. So at the end of Bachelor, you simply make it mandatory. There must be a proposal, and if accepted, an immediate marriage ceremony. That is correct. The ring winner becomes the person who gets married immediately, literally immediately. Down on one knee, will you marry me? Make me the happiest man ever. Yes, I will. Great, let's do it right now. DLP comes out, officiates the wedding. They are married right Mm -hmm. then and there. Your families are here. This serves multiple functions. One, we as an audience know that either they're going to get married or break up. There's no other thing that can happen here. It's either uh, absolute joy and elation or fucking heartbreak and devastation. The things you're always promising us and never delivering, now it will deliver. It, it must. That system must produce the one of those two things. Two, it starts to weed out your 4TWR players. You're always talking about people there for the wrong reasons. They're not really here to find love. If you know that at the end of this, you have to marry this person, it's not just accepting <laughs> a fake proposal or whatever, you're going to get legally fucking married, You're going to start to think twice about how deep you want to run in this game with a 4TWR strategy. And also, even if you do want to do that, that makes it way more interesting, in my opinion. (laughs) I know. I'm like, (laughs) when do people duck out of the game in that case? I, I think that we need it. I think that they need this to take it to the exponential degree. They can't do it in terms of what we're talking about that you can only see on streaming, sex, discussions of abortion and real life issues, religion, etc. 
but they can say, you have to marry this person now. We've flown your families here for this reason. Exactly. Exactly. So that is it. That wraps up our little list here of things. His family's already there. Yeah, that's true. For the meeting of the family. Only have to fly two other families out. <laughs> um, but that's it. That's our, our list of things that we believe would save this franchise. Again, producers, if you're listening, we are happy to have a conversation with you about selling these ideas a la carte, becoming consultants, or even show running. ABC, if you're listening, and ZK, if you're listening, Warner Brothers, if you're listening, we will show run season 28 of The Bachelor and make it the highest rated season in the history of the show. No, it's not true. In the history of the last three years. Yeah. <laughs> In the history of possible network ratings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, you can buy one or eight of these ideas. It's really it's really up to you on, on a scale of how much do you want the perfect show or not. Exactly true. So thank you everyone for joining us. And remember, we are going to be back next week and the week following with two episodes in which Pace Case and I will be dispensing advice on every aspect of your life. If you want that advice, all you got to do is record yourself in some audio format. It could just be a voice note on your phone. Send that to askgameofroses at gmail.com. It's got to be advice. Again, this is not a Q&A. And not longer than one minute. Right, not longer than one minute. We just get one hour-long question. And, uh, no, we don't think you should do that. Um, all right. Anyways, thank you guys uh, for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> we hope any of these ideas get implemented. And we'll be back next week. But before we go, as always, what is that drawback? It has been 7,687 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 